We pray that as you listen to this message, you will be challenged and encouraged through God's Word. Here at Heart Seas Family Life Church, it has always been our desire to see people's lives totally impacted and changed. His Word promises to accomplish that. For more information in regards to our church, you can call us at 225-274-1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word. God, we just pray that you would just undertake right now. I want you to do something right now as we're praying. Just put your hands on yourself and begin to pray for yourself. Can you do that? Lord, we just pray for ourselves right now. We pray that you would just really speak to us and really minister to us tonight. God, we're so good at praying for everyone else's needs that sometimes we do forget our own and we pass ourselves by. But God, tonight we pray that, God, you would meet our needs, that you would speak to our hearts, that you would raise us up to be the men and women that you've called us to be that we can be the vibrant force that you have called your church to be, equipped, ready, skilled, God, to take down the attacks of hell. And God, we thank you. We believe for greatness in our lives. And God, we believe it starts now in the name of Jesus. And everyone says, amen, amen. Come on, say with me, pray it forward. Pray it forward. Have you kind of thought about that a little bit? Have you been thinking about that thought, praying it forward? You know, I've been counseling with some people this week and some things aren't going great in their lives. But you know what? I've encouraged them. Begin to pray it forward. Begin to call those things, the Bible says, as though they are while they're not happening. Come on. Just begin to call those things into existence. Just begin to believe those things by faith. And and I'm excited about praying it forward because I really believe that's what we're going to learn to do. We need to learn that. As a church, we're teaching you. As pastors, as leaders, we want you to know the power of prayer. We want you to pray. We want you to have an active prayer life. And that's why throughout this month, we're just really breaking it down. We're just really going simply through it to show you really how simple prayer is, but yet how powerful it is. It may be simple to do, but it's not simple in its effect. It can do anything. Come on, because God can do anything. And the power of prayer that we can release into our lives is absolutely incredible. And you know, some of you may say tonight with this message, Oh, Pastor P, I mean, give us some meat. I mean, this is just milk. This is just elementary stuff. Well, if you say that tonight, my response is this, great. Great. If you feel like that, means that means you have no excuse for not getting it tonight. Come on, if you think this is below you and you're further above this, then great, because you have no excuse tonight to leave here saying, I don't understand and I don't grab a hold of what God wants to speak into my life. So Sunday we talked about what? Lord, teach me how to pray. Anyone prayed that prayer this week? I know I have. Wow, two people. I need to re-preach that message. I'm glad that everyone listened on Sunday. That's great. But teach me how to pray. But what is the thought? Don't teach me to pray like everyone else prays, God. Teach me my own style. Teach me my own way, which may be different to other people, but that's perfectly Okay, why? Because God is a personal God. I'm glad about that. He's a personal God, which means this. He wants to talk to Pete different than what he talks to me. Did you know God talks to Pete and I in English? He does, he does. He talks to you in a foreign language, doesn't he? Because no. But you know, the way God interacts with each one of us is unique for us. Why? Because God is in a personal relationship with us. And that's what we've got to start realizing, that he wants to speak to us in our own way. And we need to learn how to speak to him in our own way back. And how we really ended Sunday was this. The last point that we made on Sunday was this. Can anyone remember prayer point of three on Sunday? Anyone remember what it was? No one's taking notes. Here it was. Approach God as his, as his friend. To approach God as 
as his friend. We talked about learning to develop that. And I just really want to kind of jump in here again tonight as we go on, because what we're going to do tonight is we're going to address six myths of prayer. That's what we're going to get to tonight. That's where we're going. That's the title of the message, Addressing the Prayer Myths. And there's six that we're going to talk about tonight. But I want to first talk and lay a foundation about us developing a friendship. Because you may say, how can I be a friend of God? The reality is you are. You are a friend of God. How do we know this? God's scripture. John 15, 15, he says this, No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all things that I've heard from my father, I have made known to you. Isn't that awesome? That we're not a servant, we're not left out in the cold. God says, you're a friend. And as a friend, I'm going to reveal things to you. I'm going to show you things. So what does that say? God has got a place reserved just for you, a place of friendship for you. But what do we have to do? We have to move into it. Come on, Peter and Molly are buying a new house. But you know what they're going to have to do? They're going to have to move from their old into their new house. A lot of us don't realize that. We've got to possess it. We've got to go in and claim it. Oh, I'm a friend of God. Great. But you need to possess that and go in and claim exactly what you are because you're not just a friend on paper. You're a friend indeed. Meaning in action and everything, God wants to be involved in your life. So what happens? As we grow in our friendship with God, here's what we've got to remember. We can never forget that our relationship with God is based on who He is and not what He does for us. Okay? It's not about what He does. Our friendship needs to be based on who He is. I heard it said this way. Listen to this. Keep seeking His presence instead of His presence. Seek the presence of God, Him being there. Instead of the present, we all like the present with the bow on the top of it. But that's not why we need to seek God only for what he can give to us. We need to seek God because of who he is. Too many people want to seek the hand of God instead of seeking the face of God. I've used this analogy. It's maybe crude. It's like having a cow. If you seek the face of God, it's like having a cow. You know what happens when you have a cow? You've got a constant supply of milk. Amen. You may have to work for it, but it's right there. But when you seek the hand of God, it's like having a gallon of milk. What happens? It's going to run out. It's going to exhaust itself. And so many times in our relationship with God, our relationship comes to an end. Why? Because we're seeking the wrong things. We're seeking the blessings instead of the blesser. We're seeking what he can give instead of the giver. Come on, I want the giver in my corner, not what he gives me. Come on, I want the one who can meet my every need with me, not just the need he met last week. Come on now, I need him to meet my needs next week and the next week and the next week. Yes, but so I want him with me. That's the God that I'm going to seek. And that's one of the biggest hindrances and enemies to our friendship with God as we allow ourselves to focus on the benefits of friendship with God instead of focusing on him as just my friend. You see, God's not just your sugar daddy. God's not just a genie in a bottle or into a lamp that you can rub. He's not your literary lottery ticket. He's not the golden ticket, as what Charlie said in Willy the Wonka, or whatever his name is, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Come on. He longs for an intimate relationship with you. And you see, when we develop that kind of friendship, you know what else happens? Others around us benefit from that too. Do you realize that with your relationship where it needs to be with God, others benefit? Come on, your spouse will benefit, your kids will benefit, other people around you will benefit, even people you don't know will benefit because they're going to come up to you and say, what is it about you? You've got something that I want. There's a benefit that comes through your relationship as you seek God for who he is because people are going to start coming to you with their needs. And when people come with your needs, you now know the answer. Isn't it amazing? Sometimes people can come with such needs that they can almost be overwhelming. Someone came to me last night and I talked to this young man and everything was going wrong in his life. He's homeless right now. He's got no money. He's lost his ID, social security card. He's got no job. He's got no phone. He's going through problems with his family. Man, I'm sitting there or standing outside church talking with him. Man, 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 this poor guy. How, How can he make it? How can he do this? But you know, I had his answer. 
And you know what his answer was? My friend, Jesus. My friend, Jesus, is the answer. Because you see, when we give our lives over to God and we begin to trust him, God can take care of the fact that we don't have a place to live. God can take care of the fact that we have a job or don't have a job. God can take care of the fact we don't have ID. We don't have... God can lead us and guide us. God can do these things because everything we are comes from the position of relationship with God. It all starts and ends right there. And maybe sometimes you've said to people, you know what, when they come to you, I don't have the money. I don't have the means. You've maybe said to them, I don't have what you need. But listen, here's what I want you to preface that or end that with right now. And that's this. Are you ready? But I know someone who does. Come on, I know someone who does, and I'm going to ask my friend if he'll help you. Can you see the ability that we have to reach out and touch other people? Because I can ask my friend. Why? Why can I do that? How can I do that? Because I know through my friendship with God that God has the power to intervene in people's circumstances, that he has the power to break addictions and bondages, that he has the power to turn around finances, that he has the power to reconcile homes and marriages. And the more I get to know him, the more I can help other people around me too. You know, in the men's Bible study last night, we had a great night. Man, if you weren't here, you missed a great night. We had a great, great time. We were talking about developing spiritual boldness in our life. And here was the thought from the whole message. If you're taking notes today, you need to write down this. This is really cool. Boldness is. Are you ready for what boldness is? Here's the great definition of boldness. Boldness is behavior born out of the belief that God is who he says he is. Boldness is behavior born out of the belief or friendship that God is who he says he is. Belief is born out of, or boldness is born out of belief that when we spend time with God, we'll understand who he is, what he wants to be, and that will build greater strength in my life. So we will be bolder, that we'll share about God and we'll tell other people. That doesn't mean we control people with our press. I've been reading a book this last month on, from Joyce Myers talking about the simple prayer and, and, and how prayer is. And she was talking about her experiences, how she was abused by her father and, uh, as a child and just the horrific, just the hatred and everything that she had to go through. And God saved her and God healed her. And one day when her parents were aging and she was trying to win them to the Lord, but she was never able to. And when they were about 70 years of age, the Lord told her, I want you to move your parents closer to you. I want you to buy them a house. I want you to take care of your parents. And her first response was, no way, I'm not going to do it. And, but yet she pushed through. She really felt that was something that God wanted her to do. And she didn't see immediate results. She didn't see things happening. But she was so broken. She said, here I am touching the whole world. But yet my family, my dad is lost. He's going to hell. He, he, he's not saved. And she really prayed a simple prayer. And God turned around his life and she was able to lead her father to the Lord. And he was able to serve God in the dying years of his life. But here's the thought. We don't control people with our prayers. But what I believe that can happen is this, that we can approach God boldly on their behalf. And when we do that, that opens up the door for God to begin to work in their lives in a strong and powerful way. Come on, Joyce Myers couldn't save her dad, but she began to work boldly. She brought them in. She began to tell them. She began to pray for them. She began to pursue them. And what happened? God did a work that one day her dad was so broken and her mum finally called her and said, your dad's been crying for three days. Would you come and pray with him? Do something with him. And when she walked in there, her dad says, I want to be saved. You see, you don't manipulate people into a position. But when we begin to pray boldly, we approach God on their behalf. And as we approach God on their behalf, come on, he begins to move heaven and earth to change circumstances and situations to set up so his world can collide with theirs. What is it? God so loved the world that what he sent his son to collide with our world so our world would be forever changed. So let's look at the great privilege that prayer is. It's a privilege. Prayer is not something we have to do. It's something we get to do. I love that. You don't have to pray. You get to pray. It's something that we can enjoy to do. 
Prayer is the way we can partner with God to see his plans and purposes come to pass in our lives and in the lives of those we love. Listen to this. Prayer allows me to share my heart with God and also enables me to listen for his voice and then know how to discover and enjoy the great things that he has for my life. I can partner with God. Isn't that beautiful? What a beautiful image that when I pray, I partner with God to see his plan and purpose unfolded, not only in my life, but in the life of my family, in the life of our church, in the life of those around. So tonight, as a friend of God, I want us to pray as a friend, knowing that God is there and that he hears our cries. But yet there are still some things that can stop that because of mindsets and ideals and what I've called prayer myths that we can set up. So quickly, we're going to talk about those tonight. Are you ready? Myth number one, are you ready? Prayer is hard and complicated to do. I don't know how to pray. I don't know what to pray. Where do I start? We can complicate prayer so much and we can begin to believe that myth that it is so hard to do. So what do we do? We don't do it. The reality is this. Prayer is easy. We just make it hard. Prayer is simply conversation with God. Matthew 11 verse 30 says these words. Are you ready? For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus is talking to them because the religious leaders made the yoke of religion so heavy upon people that they almost dreaded the Sabbath coming by. They just dreaded being involved in any kind of church activity or organization because of all the rules and all the regulations and everything. Their lives were miserable. And Jesus comes on the scene and says, hold on a second, my yoke, that which I want to put upon you, come on, my yoke is easy. What he meant by that is my yoke is pleasant. It's useful. It's suitable. Come on, it's serviceable. You can do something with it. It's going to prosper your life, bless your life. You can use it. He says, my yoke is easy. And notice this, my burden is light. I've come to take the hardness off of your life. Charles Spurgeon, a great man of God that lived earlier this century, he said these words. He says, when we pray, the simpler our prayers are, the better that nice? When we pray, the simpler our prayers are, the better. Why? Because God hears childlike prayers. Children aren't complicated. They're a lot of work, but they're not complicated. It doesn't really take much to figure out a kid. You can just be with a kid for a while and they're pretty transparent, aren't they? Kids come up to you. Notice kids don't have a filter. I know some of you don't. It's time you grow out of that, okay? You grow older, you need to start filtering your words and your thoughts. But kids don't have a filter, do they? When they come to you, they just tell you exactly what they want. They just tell you exactly what they think. My cousin Bonnie, who lives in Georgia, she was one of those kind of people that my aunt was freaked out every time she opened her mouth when she was a kid because she never knew what she was going to say. You know, she met this old lady one day and she says, why she got pins coming out of her face? And the lady had a mole with hairs growing out of it. My Aunt Maggie just freaked. Another lady came out one day, this old lady, and she goes, she's got blueberry muffin legs. I mean, my aunt just like, please, please. She was so upset one day because something happened at class. And she said, well, what happened? And her mum said, well, what's wrong? She said, I failed sex. She said, what do you mean you failed sex? She says, well, when it said sex, it said F. Because she was a female. Hello, hello. But she was one of those kind of people that always had something to say. And that's how kids are. They're not complicated, are they? They come to you and tell you what's ever in their head, what's ever in their mind, whatever. And you know why they do that? They don't do that because they want to be in trouble. They don't do that meaning to be in trouble. You know why they come to you? Because they believe as your parent that you can handle it. Come on, that you can fix it if something's wrong. They believe that... Whatever needs to be done, you can do it. And you know what else they believe is this? If you can't do it, then you can be it. But you know what they ultimately know? They can take care of it. You see, God is looking not for complicated relationships. God is looking for sincere hearts. What about if we could just be childlike and just come to God and just share with Him everything that's on our hearts? Why are we afraid to do that? Oh, but that's not praying. Yes, it is. 
That's prayer. When you're communicating with God and just sharing with him what's on your hearts. Because listen to this again. God is not looking for complicated relationships. He's looking for sincere hearts because God is a God of hearts. I don't look as man sees. I don't see all the glitz and the glamour and all the fluff and the stuff. What has God said? I see the heart. Open up your heart. Don't make it complicated. It's not hard. Just simply share, just like a child, coming to Abba Father, my dad. Dad, would you fix this? Would you help this? Would you take care of this? Myth number two, are you ready? Prayer doesn't have to be long to be heard. It doesn't have to be long. It's not the length of our prayers that makes them effective, but the sincerity and the faith that's behind them. Prayer doesn't have to take a long time. In fact, what we talked about Sunday from Luke 11, verse 1, when the disciples came up to Jesus and said, Jesus, would you teach us how to pray? What did he teach them? He taught them the Lord's Prayer. I sat down in my office today and I said it slow. I didn't say it really fast. I said it just at a regular pace. And I timed myself. 20.7 seconds it told me, it took me to say the Lord's Prayer. That's not a long prayer, is it? 20 seconds is not long. But yet that's the prayer that God taught them to pray. Not for us to repeat repetitively, but God was just showing them the principles of prayer that we go to God as our Father is in heaven. And he showed us the principles through prayer in that. But think about this. If we were meant to pray long prayers, Jesus would have done three chapters of that prayer. You see, it's not in the length of our prayers that really makes a difference to God. All that matters is this, that we're praying how he wants us to pray, meaning we're asking God, bless you, to teach us how to pray. Okay, so we're asking God the way we should pray, the style and that. But also, the important thing is that our prayers are spirit-led, heartfelt and accompanied by true faith. It's not how long they are, but it's that we're praying in obedience. We're praying the will of God. We're believing God. We're trusting. We're thanking God. Someone said it this way once, and I love this. Listen to this. We can get so tangled up in the words of our prayers that we begin to lose the power of our prayers. It's not how long. It's just a sincere heart. You know, the greatest prayer that you could ever pray, perhaps, is this help. Help. God answers that prayer as long as he does, as much as he does, a prayer that can go on for three, four, five hours. It's not the length. It's the quality. It's It's the quality of it, not the quantity of it. It's the quality of it. Now, please understand this. I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with wrong prayers. There's nothing wrong with having prayer times. I think it's important that we have that. I think it's important that we set time aside, that we just focus in and we have prolonged times when we can really pray because our willingness or lack of willingness to spend time with God determines our level of intimacy with Him. So we need to spend time and and we need to seek God. But what I'm saying is don't say that if I can't pray for 30 minutes, I might as well not pray because God doesn't hear that prayer. God hears the shortest prayer if it comes from the most sincere heart. And just don't allow that to hinder you. Remember, we are friends of God, but the level of friendship depends upon how much we invest into that. We can be a casual friend, a close friend, or an intimate friend. And you know where the times of intimacy comes when we really do spend time with God and we really do pray and we really do seek him. That's why I'm so excited about this time of fasting and prayer where we can just really set aside those times and really seek God. But we don't have to labor constantly in prayer to be heard. At times that may be necessary, but it doesn't have to happen each and every time. But you know what the devil's going to do? Anyone know the devil? Anyone know him? Has he ever talked to you and said anything to you? He's a liar. Remember, if you want to know if he's telling a lie, if his lips are moving, he's lying. Come on, he can't tell the truth. But you know what the devil, the liar, wants to say to each one of you? He tries to tell you, you've got to have to pray for hours and hours because if you're going to be a good Christian, that's what God wants you to do. And he tells you that's what you need to do, but then he also makes you feel guilty when you don't do it. He's the accuser of the brethren. So remember, the myth is not... How long we pray. The myth is this, or the truth is this, as long as we're praying from our heart in the way that God wants us to pray. Myth number three, are you ready? You have to be in the posture of prayer. What is the posture of prayer? Anyone know the posture of prayer? 
Bow your, close your, put your hands. And if you're really super spiritual and God really wants to hear you, get on your, come on, that's the posture, isn't it, of prayer. There's nothing wrong with those things. But that couldn't be further from the truth that if I don't do those things that God doesn't hear my prayer. I like the fact that when I pray, I close my eyes for this reason and this reason alone. It stops distraction. As I bow my head, close my eyes, it's a reverence. Yes, it is. It's an act of reverence, bowing before God. But really, to me, it's more about I can concentrate maybe more when my eyes are closed and I'm praying. And then when you do put your hands together, I began to think about this. I think one of the main reasons someone first said put your hands together was they were trying to stop their kids from eating their food while they were praying. Come on, because while your hands are together, you can't touch the fork. Come on, while your hands are together, you can't eat off the plate. But you know what I'm saying is, if you want to pray with your head bowed and your eyes closed and your hands together, if that helps you from looking around, if that helps you from being distracted, that's great. But I'm telling you, those things don't determine whether God hears our prayers or not. That doesn't determine whether God answers our prayers. What do we say? God, teach me how to pray. So what are we saying? God, teach me. You know, there may be times where I do close my eyes, but there's times when I keep my eyes open because God, he teaches me that I drive and pray. Aren't you glad that I don't close my eyes and pray in that situation? But I'm still praying. Come on, my head can be bowed or my head cannot be bowed, but it's okay, I can still pray that way. My hands can be together, my hands can be in the air, my hands can be behind my back. Come on, no worries, I can still pray however God leads me to pray. Come on, if I'm on my knees, if I'm sitting, if I'm standing, if I'm walking, if I'm jogging, if I'm laying down, if I'm on my face before God. Come on, it's okay. Whatever God wants me to do, God hears me in that state. I'm not bound by the fact it's a certain way and a certain means. In fact, in the Word of God, it doesn't often say, I don't even know if it does say that Jesus ever closed his eyes to pray. It doesn't say that he put his hands together. It doesn't say that he got on his knees every time he prayed. It doesn't say those things. We've made it almost like that's what you have to do. Nothing wrong with those things. When I pray with Judah before he eats, I try and close his eyes and I bow my head and put my hands together. I'm trying to teach him the importance of prayer. But God doesn't answer our prayer just because we do those things or we don't do those things. Come on, you're not breaking a prayer rule by not doing one or all of those things. So don't allow others' interpretations and rules to steer you away from the joy that God intends you to experience each and every day as you have a prayer life with Him. Listen to this scripture, John 16, 24. The last part of that scripture says, Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. Ask, what? Pray. And then you're going to receive. And what happens? Your joy will be made full. He didn't say close your eyes. He didn't say bow your head. He didn't say get on your knees. He said just ask me in the way that you want. Come on, we've got to overcome these myths. And then let's talk about the kneeling thing. Can we talk about the kneeling thing for a minute? When I kneel, it's super uncomfortable for me to kneel for long periods of time. I know Kelly, Molly, they're like double jointed. They put their heads up over their shoulders. They could do anything like that. For me just to kneel... For a long time, my knees is hurting. And I'll just be honest with you. If I'm going to pray on my knees for a long time, I'm thinking more about the fact that my knees are hurting than the prayers I'm really praying to God. Come on, let's just be honest right now. So when we look at all those kind of things, if you can pray on your knees, great. I can't. Great. It's okay. Get over the fact that God doesn't hear our prayer if we don't do those things because we don't have to do those things to be spiritual and pray to God. Is this okay tonight? Just simple stuff. Myth number four. Are you ready? You've got to shout when you pray. Come on. Or at least you've got to be loud when you pray. You want to know something tonight? God's not deaf. God is not deaf. But sometimes we treat him like he is. What you've got to remind yourself, and God's word tells us this. I love this. The Bible tells us that his ear is ever inclined towards us. That means that he's ready, 
listening for the faintest whisper or the loudest scream. But whatever it may be, God's ear is inclined, ready to listen to us. Psalms 116 verse 2 says, Because he has inclined his ear to me, therefore I will call upon him as long as... As I shall live. Psalms 34, verse 15. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their cry. When those words are saying that I call on God, I cry on God, he's not talking about a decibel level. He's not talking about how loud you cry or how loud you call. He's speaking about a call that comes from the very core of your being, a call that comes from your heart. Some of the greatest prayers I've ever prayed in my life have never come out of my mouth because my heart has been broken. I haven't had the words to say. And what does God speak about? How with groanings and utterance, how His Holy Spirit will speak out through us. You've got to realize this. You don't have to be loud. And we've all been guilty of this. Come on, we've all been guilty of saying loud prayers, thinking it makes them more powerful and better heard. It may make other people around here, but it doesn't make God here anymore whether we whisper it, whether we speak it, or whether we shout it. Come on, let's be free from the formulas of prayer, the positions of prayer, and let's just pray, please. I mean, just pray. Look at your neighbor and say, just pray. Uncomplicate your prayers. Are you ready? Myth number five. You have to pray in a certain prayer language with the right words. Come on, it's KJV or bust, baby. You know what KJV is? King James Version, or you're not really praying at all. Have you ever heard people, not knocking people, but it's amazing when they start to pray, they sound so holy because they pray in a language, a dialect, in a way that they don't normally speak in. Dear Heavenly Father, thy Lord and Saviour. Come on, have you ever heard people make the prayer shift? That's what I call it. The prayer shift when they shift into their prayer voice of speaking. Now, if that's the way the Lord has taught you to pray, so be it. We're not going to laugh with you. We're not going to mock you in any way. And we're not meaning to put anyone down with that. But I want you to know something. Just because you pray King James or you pray in a certain way, that doesn't make you any more spiritual. Just want you to know that. Just may make you look a little bit weird to people around, but that's okay if that's what you want to be. It doesn't make you any more spiritual. Stop making your prayers who and what you are not. Come on, I'm trying to liberate you today in your prayers. Stop going to God in a language or in a tongue, in a conversation of how you wouldn't normally talk to your best friend and to those around you. Come on, quit trying to pray what you are not and pray who God made you to be. Psalms 145 verse 18, I love this scripture in prayer. The Lord is near to all who call upon Him, to all who call upon Him in truth. God is near to those who call upon him in truth. Now, of course, that thought there of truth, of course, means us being truthful to God, being honest in our prayers. But I believe it also means this, being yourself. Come on, being yourself in prayer. Don't be someone else you're not because that's coming to God as a lie. Come to God as a truth. Come to God as you are, unashamed of who he made you to be. Come on, we talked about having a personal language, a prayer life, being unique to what God has called you to be. We talked about that on Sunday. And I just really believe this. God wants you to be comfortable with him. And in order to be comfortable with God, be yourself. And don't try to be anyone else. Prayer should be a natural extension and expression of your unique communication style. And remember this. Are you ready for this? We don't pray ever to impress God. But we pray to God to share our heart with Him. So what we can often do when we pray the big words and all the eloquent things, because you may say, well, I can't pray like that person. I don't know the eloquent words. I don't know the words to say doesn't matter how you pray. Pray yourself how God made you. And remember, we're not trying to impress God with our words, but we're just trying to share our heart with Him. Come on, be real with God. Is this okay tonight? 
Are you ready? The last myth. You don't have to be perfect to pray. You don't have to be perfect to pray. Because my thought is this. If you had to be perfect to pray, then who would pray? Well, maybe some of you think you would pray because maybe you think you're perfect. You're not. Sorry. None of us are perfect. So if we have to be perfect to pray, then none of us will ever have an opportunity to pray. People preach this. You know that? They teach this. If there's sin in your life, God's not going to listen to you. If you're not right with God, then don't even bother going to God and ask Him because He's not going to... If you're doing wrong in your life, God's not going to hear you. It's amazing. If that is the case, if God's not going to hear me, how did He hear me when I was a sinner and how could He have ever saved me? How could He have ever heard my prayer of repentance if he didn't hear the prayer of a sinner. Let me show you something of God. Can I show you this? I love this scripture. Romans 5 verse 8. Romans 5 verse 8. A powerful, powerful scripture. And I know it doesn't really have to do with prayer in essence, but let me show you and I'll bring it around and I'll show you why I'm using this. Romans 5 verse 8 says this, but God demonstrated his own love towards who? Us. To me. God just demonstrated his love towards me that while I was what? We were still, say with me, still, still sinners. Come on, while we were still sinners, we didn't even have plans to not be sinners. While we were still sinners, while we were the worst of the worst, the, the, just miserable, everyone, people didn't want to be around. When we were in our worst state, what did Jesus do? In his love, what did he do? He willingly laid down his life and he gave his life and he died for us. As I said, I know this verse isn't in actually in reference to prayer, but it's beyond that because it's about the sin of our lives. That before we knew God and we were in relationship with him, when, we, when as I said, we were the worst of the worst, still a sinner, he chose to die for us. So listen to this. Don't tell me that he doesn't hear my prayer if I'm not right with him. Because in his love, he wants to be. We may not always get what we want, because if we're not in a position to receive it, he can't grant that. But I want you to know this. He hears our prayers. And when God hears our prayer, remind yourself of this. No is just as much an answer as yes. Well, God didn't answer me. Well, what did he say? He didn't say I could do it. Well, you got your answer. God said no. No is just as much an answer. In fact, no many times is the best answer we could have to our prayers. Sometimes God says slow. He doesn't say no, he says slow. Sometimes he has to say grow through the circumstance. And then there's other times when he can say go. But thank God for the no's and the go's. And thank God for the slow's. And thank God for the grow's. But thank God that he hears my prayer. No matter the state I'm in. Why? Because he wants to be in relationship with us. Can't always answer that prayer in the way that we want. But he hears our cry. And here's the scripture that most people stumble with when it comes to that. It's James 5 verse 16 and it's the last part of that verse. The last part of James 5 verse 16 says this. The effective fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. What's the key? A righteous man. And many of us many times don't feel righteous. Do you ever feel unrighteous? Come on, do you ever feel in your life that you're not deserving of what God's done for you? I want to remind you of something tonight. Your righteousness is not in what you are. Your righteousness is in what he has done. Come on, the righteous, because you are born again, we, we don't do everything right all the time, but our righteousness is in Him. Come on, it's in Christ Jesus. And that's the right standing that we can have with Him. He knows we're not perfect. And that's why He needs to answer our prayers and help us because He wants to change us and help us and redirect our lives. So let me close with this tonight, okay? I hope tonight we've exposed some of the lies of the prayer myths, of things that we can look at and say, well, It's too complicated. I've got to be in the posture. I've got to say long. I've got to say loud. I've got to say it in a certain way. I've I've got to be completely right. If not, God's not going to hear my prayer. But what you've got to understand tonight is this. The simplest and most effective way to deal with any situation in your life is to pray. Did you notice what I said? The simplest 
yet most effective way that we can deal with any situation in our life is to pray. Refuse to allow prayer any longer to be the last resort. I've done everything else, so I guess now all I can do is pray. What a defeatist way to come to God. I've tried everything else before you, God. I've put everything else before you. Remember the first commandments God said, don't have any other what? God's before me. Don't put anything before me. Notice God doesn't say you can't have anything after him. Come on, God says you can't enjoy things after him. But God says you've got to put me in my rightful spot, then everything else. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and everything else can be added. You can have fun, you can have great things and blessings. But when those blessings and those things come before God and our lives are in the wrong order, that's when the problems happen. So we've got to pray. Don't let prayer be your last resort. Let it be the first place. Because, come on, it's the simplest solution there is. Just pray about it. Come on, when you have a problem, guess what you do? Come on, help me out. When you have a problem, you... When you need help, you... When someone hurts your feelings, you... When you're offended, you... When someone gossips about you, you... When someone attacks you wrongfully, you... Come on, when you're sick, you... When you feel like giving up, you... When someone someone you love is suffering, you... When you're discouraged, you... When you don't know what to do, you, in every circumstance and situation of life, you pray, 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 pray. Philippians 4, 8 and 9, last scripture tonight. Philippians 4, verse 8 and 9. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer. Say that with me, by prayer. But in everything by prayer, And supplication. Supplication is really prayer on steroids. It's really interceding and really pushing through. You know, we can pray now. I pray me now to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep me. If I die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. We just pray prayers. But supplication is, oh God, grabbing a hold of God because you've got something. But what does he say? Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. That's prayer. Given it to God. And I love this. Verse 9, Philippians 4, 9. And the peace of God, which surpasseth all understanding, goes beyond anything you can reason and try and figure out in your mind. God says, I can go beyond all of that. And you know what I'll do? I will guard your hearts and I will guard your mind. Come on, we need our hearts guided. We need our minds guarded. We need peace in those areas of our life. How do we do that? Take it to the Lord in prayer. Don't be anxious for anything. Give it to God in prayer. So listen to me. Whatever situation you find yourself in, you should pray. And pray before you do anything else. What a privilege it is to pray. But yet it's so simple. What a privilege it is to pray. And it's not an obligation. We get to do it. Prayer is not only the greatest power available to us, it's also the simplest and best way to handle everything that comes our way. So here's my question tonight. Whatever you're going through, have you prayed about it? Have you prayed about it? Whatever it may be, pray. Well, I don't know how to pray. Prayer's not complicated. Pray how you can. Well, I don't pray like that person. You don't have to pray long prayers and eloquent prayers. Just cry out from your heart. But I didn't bow my head and I didn't close my eyes. It's okay, sweetheart. Keep praying. Keep praying. God hears your prayers. Whatever you're going through in life, have you prayed about it? Instead of talking about it, pray about it. Instead of telling everyone else about it, pray about it. Give it to God. Because when you give it to God, you know what happens? He can bless it. And he can return it back to you, multiplied and blessed. And it can meet your every need. Come on. God's not interested in feeding you a meal. He wants to sustain you for life. Pray about it. Pray about it. Stand to your feet tonight. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I just thank you for everyone that's here tonight. Thank you for everyone that's under the sound of my voice tonight. And God, I pray that you would help us. I know this wasn't a hard message tonight. This was simple. 
But God, I like that because simple, it means that every one of us can grab it. And God, I know we talked about some kind of silly things that we could look and say, man, no one would think like that. But it's amazing how the enemy comes in and says, you didn't pray long enough so God didn't hear your prayer. It's amazing how the enemy can come in and just say, hey, God doesn't listen to you. I mean, all that slang and all that talk, God doesn't even hear what you're saying. He doesn't even understand your voice. What a lie. Because who is the one that gave your voice to you? It was God. So he's the one that knows your voice. And God, I pray that you would just really help us, each one of us, just to really pray. Just like the old hymn writer said, do we have trials and temptations? Is there trouble everywhere? Blessed Savior, still our refuge. Take it to the Lord in prayer. And God, we just pray that we would take it to you, God, every step of the way. God, that we would just give it to you. Come on, I just really feel right now there's people you're carrying some things right now. Come on, let's just begin to give it to the Lord in prayer. If you want to lift your hands up, that's great. Come on, if you, whatever you want to do, if you want to say it out verbally, come on, God, I give you this person, I give you that, I give you this need, I give you my finances. I give, come on, come on, let's give it to God. Have you taken it to God? Come on, take it to God right now. It's the simplest one, it's the simplest mean. But yet the most powerful way to have the answers met in your life is just to give it to God and just to pray. Come on, just give it to Him right now. Come on, give Him your frustrations. Give Him your anguish. Give Him your pain. Give Him your doubts. Give Him those things. Come on, God, I give it to you, God. I take it to you, God. People are talking about me, God. I give that to you, God. People are coming against me, God. I'm not feeling well, God. God, I'm going to pray. I'm going to trust you, God. In every area of my life, I'm going to pray it forward, God. I may not see it happen right now, but I'm going to pray it forward. I'm going to believe, God, because I'm going to receive it, God. Because I'm going to trust you, God, in every area of my life. God, I pray it right now. We pray it, God. We believe it, God, right now. We trust you right now. And you know what we say as we pray? You know what's the ending of the prayer? What do we say? Amen. So be it. So be it, God. I believe that. And I'm going to keep asking. I'm going to keep seeking. I'm going to keep knocking because the Bible says, he who keeps asking, he who keeps seeking, he who keeps knocking, the door's going to be open. Come on, maybe the door's closed right now. Keep asking. Keep praying. Keep trusting God. Don't be anxious for nothing and everything. By prayer, give it to God so his peace can come. God, I speak peace right now over people's lives right now. I speak peace over marriages and homes right now. I speak peace over finances right now. I speak peace, God, over people's jobs and and work and, and education, God. Just whatever the unrest, the fears, the doubts, God, whatever it may be, God, I speak peace right now into people's minds, into their hearts, into their lives. God, the Prince of Peace, the one that will go beyond our understanding when we try to figure it all out and reason it all out. And when we come to the end of ourselves, you're still there, God, because we never come to the end of you. God, I speak life and blessing. God, we thank you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, just join hands with the person beside you right now. You know what we're going to do as we close this service? We're going to pray for the people around us tonight. But just before we pray for the people around us tonight, I wonder tonight if there's anyone that you don't know Jesus. I wonder tonight if there's anyone that you're not sure that Jesus even loves you. And even if he could love you, why would he love you because of what you've done? I want to tell you right now, we read that scripture. While you were dead and you were the worst of the worst, Jesus chose to die for you because he demonstrated his love. Greater love, the Bible says, has no man than this. Then he was to lay down his life. Notice this, for his friends. You're his friend. He wants you to be his friend. He's made it possible for you to be friend. You just got to step into that. Is there anyone here tonight as someone's joining hands with you and you would say, Pastor, I need to make it right with God. Come on, just gently squeeze that person's hand beside you if that's you and you want to pray that prayer. You want to make it right with God. Come on, just gently squeeze that hand right now. Come on, here's what I want you to do. Be a friend to that person beside you. If they squeezed your hand, come on, lift their hand up with yours right now. Come on, thank you, thank you, awesome, 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 precious Jesus, awesome. Come on, there's hands that's going up everywhere in this place, precious Jesus. At least three people have said yes to Jesus tonight. Come on, would you all pray with me tonight? And then we're going to pray for each other around us tonight. 
We're going to pray for that person on our left and our right. You don't know what they may be going through. You don't know that they may be at the point of utter despair. But we're going to just begin to pray for them tonight. And we're just going to believe God. But we're going to pray for those that need Christ tonight. Would you pray with me? Everyone repeat with me. Dear Heavenly Father, forgive me for my sins and cleanse my life. God, I ask you right now to come into my heart and totally change me. God, I pray that you would turn around every situation of my life. What Satan has meant for evil, God, you're going to turn it around for great good. God, I thank you that you love me and that you've forgiven me and that I'm your child. I'm your friend. I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, just begin to pray for that person on your left as you're joining hands with them right now. Come on, just begin to pray for them right now. In the name of Jesus, we pray for that person on our left and our right. Come on, we don't know what the, maybe the need is, but God, you do. And God, we just release, God, whatever's needed, finances, healing, encouragement, strength. Maybe, God, they need to kick up the backside. Maybe they just need to be disciplined and corrected. God, let your Holy Spirit do that. Come on, whatever is needed right now. God, we pray healing. We pray health. We pray strength. We pray blessing. We pray life. Come on, we take it to you, God, in prayer. Believing and knowing, God, that you hear our cry. That you're sending help. That you're sending help. That you're sending the rescuer. God, your Holy Spirit, to step in and to intervene. God, we just thank you, God. We thank you, God. We thank you, God. We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's Word into effect. At Heart Seas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless. Forever,